Oh, you got to have this or the old one? No, this one. Thank you. Wow. Um, we've had just an exceptional two services um, at Pastor Max Church, and um, it's, un it's indescribable what actually is happening inside of our hearts. I, I can't even explain. I, I'm just going to fumble over trying to explain this sense of expectation that we're all going to be moving into. And it's okay today if you don't feel it. It's okay if you feel like when you sang, dust was coming out of your mouth. God is about to send rain to the dry and thirsty land. He's about to revive his church. You know, and, and, and some of you believe for whatever reason that maybe it's your fault that you're there. And, and maybe it is. But maybe it's not. But God's bigger, the word says, that even when our heart condemns us, God is bigger than our hearts. Thank you for your underwhelming response today. Colossians says that everything that stood hostile against us, all the evidence of why we shouldn't get a miracle from God was nailed to his cross, put on open display that it is paid in full and all of the charges have been dropped. So today there's nothing standing between you and your miracle because God is nicer than church people. He just is. He just is. And, you know, I, I told Pastor Dan um, that uh, as soon as the call came to come, uh, you know, um, I don't know whether I was texting or whether I was talking. You just have to forgive me because things kind of bleed together. But as soon as I, um, he reached out to me, immediately I knew what to preach. Immediately. That is so unusual for me because most at 99 out of 100 services, I will walk into the door prepared in my heart, but I will not know exactly what God is wanting to drop out there. Sometimes while I'm walking to the platform is when the Lord is telling me this is where we're going to go. So um, to know this, I just feel like there's something extraordinary that's about to happen in Auburn. And I believe that there's something extraordinary that's going to happen in the streets of Auburn through your life. You know, in the book of Acts, you know, the church was on fire, but it wasn't contained within a building. The fire of God flowed like liquid lightning through the streets, and it came through the lives of the disciples. And we're used to services, and God wants to bring a move. We're used to services, and God wants to bring an invasion. So the Holy Spirit wants to invade, but, and I'm going to get you there. And this is going to seem a little um, too simple. I think things are so simple that we fumble over it and miss it. Are you okay with me? So first of all, um, I'm sure that uh, through the year 2020, And into 2021, a lot of people have gotten um, thrown off of their faith. We've had people prophesying, very few prophesying. I'm just, it's okay. It's not fatal. It's not fatal, y'all. It's not fatal. So get off of everybody's back. Um, but in the mix of that, extraordinary discouragement. 
has happened to, to churches and to, to the people of God. And um, hopelessness really settled in to the spiritual gut of a lot of people. And in the mix of this, you know, if you watch any news at all, you're nuts. Because the, the news channels have been set up by hell to brainwash you out of your inheritance in God and to tell you why the power of Christianity, the power of the cross, the power of his blood somehow now is diminished and we are obstacles to be sneered at. Now you're going to have to toughen up buttercup in these days. But we are actually in a divine setup. And I'm, I was questioning the Lord when this, this revelation came to me. You know, I won't name names, but if certain politicians can intimidate the church and political correctness can keep you from saying right is right and wrong is wrong. And if you check the wind of popular opinion and you believe that you can give your life to Jesus but live like hell, you're wrong. You're wrong. So in the mix of this, you know, and, and disappointments and everything, I said, Lord, what is going on here? Are y'all okay with me admitting this? What is going on here? And he said to me, I am the sovereign ruler of the earth. And I just got a glimpse of Jesus before Pontius Pilate, about to have his back cut open, about to have his beard pulled out, are you with me? About to go to the cross and be nailed to it. And Pilate is saying, Jesus, you need to work with me here. Because the power of life, your life, is in my hands. And Jesus says, not a fact, Jack. Remember this? All I've got to do is call. And my father will send legions of angels. You're not in control. You're not taking my life. I'm laying it down. Are you, you remember this story? Well, let me back it up. Just, just prior to this, this is John chapter 18, <clears throat> verse 4. Now, you have to see this. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come. In other words, God is way ahead of us. Thank you for your underwhelming response. Why that's good news is he has prepared in advance every single thing we need. If he has given his own son, the word says, how much more will he give us all things that pertain to life and godliness? God is not nervous. God is not concerned about laying off angels in heaven. Okay? God is not nervous. God is ahead of us. Jesus, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom do you seek? Now, back up a little bit. It's, it's uh, Gethsemane. It's a hot night. There's a mob coming. There's more than 150 soldiers. And then there's people carrying torches. Are you with me? And before they can get into a skirmish, before all of that, Jesus walks out and meets them coming and says, 
who do you seek? And when they said, we seek Jesus of Nazareth, he says these words, I am he. And when he says it, they're all, over 150 people, blown backward to the ground. While they're brushing themselves off, he says, now you tell me, who, who do you seek? And <clears throat> they said, uh, Jesus of Nazareth. And he says, I am he. They don't get blown backward again. And then he says, you're going to leave the rest of these out of this. I'm going to let you take me. But what he actually was saying by the action of his power to knock them completely off of their feet by only saying, I am he. He said by saying that, I dominate this situation. You don't dominate. You can't take me unless I let you take me. And y'all listen to me. Jesus, through the power of our prayer, being in, in agreement with God that the earth ought to see a, a huge final harvest of souls, okay? The church has never prayed like it's praying now. The church got unified on right is right and wrong is wrong. Are y'all hearing me? This has been over a year, and people are, are um, especially on Facebook, criticizing the church. I've, I've never been more proud of the church. I've never been more proud. People are praying. But you need to understand, if you don't see it the way you wanted to see it, understand that Jesus dominates this situation. Jesus dominates. The heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. And he'll turn it whichever way he wants to. They're not in control. There's only one government. And it's the government of God. The kingdoms of this world, they shall become the kingdoms of our God. And he will reign forever and ever and ever. He dominates. He dominates. God is just using them. You understand that the scripture says, even about the devil, which you are way too impressed with, Lucifer, whatever, that if he had known, he would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Satan did not kill Jesus. Jesus laid his life down to redeem you. But Satan doesn't know what he doesn't know and doesn't know he doesn't even know it. He's running for his life on this planet right now. Because he's afraid of what you're about to become. We are about to become who we are. I just can't do the math with that in my head. We are becoming who we are in these days. And if you have any fear at all, you, you need to hear this. Whatever you fear is what will dominate you. Why this is important is because the scripture says in, uh, let me get it to you. Hebrews chapter 12, about verse 27-ish, it says that everything 
on the planet that can be shaken will be shaken. But we have been given a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It cannot be shaken. So what you're going to have to decide in this day, today, I believe Sunday, this day, you're going to have to decide if you're going to live in the can't be or the can be zone. Can't be shaken or can be shaken. And who you fear is going to determine whether you can be or can't be. Does that make sense to you? Can be, can't be is determined by what you fear. This is an excellent word. I can tell you what you fear by your mouth, by your anxiety level. This is not a rebuke. I promise it's going to turn out really, really good. Really good. <clears throat> Let me give you the definition of dominate. Because that is what the Lord said to me. What I am showing you, Tracy, is that no matter what you see, no matter how polar opposite of what you prayed, I dominate. I always have and I always will. There's never been a day in the history of God that darkness has ever overshadowed the light. It can't happen. I dominate. So I just wrote down the word dominate. And you, you know this because I know there's a lot of very studied up people in here. But the word dominate comes from the word dominion. The word kingdom pulls into the king's dominion. We have been given a king's dominion that cannot be shaken. The king's dominion cannot be shaken. The king dominates. Now, okay, the word dominion, it is, this is uh, pulled out of probably the Greek and the Hebrew. It means to reign, to exercise kingly, uh, the exercise of kingly power, divine spiritual kingdom. It's the glorious reign of the Messiah and the manifestation of his complete triumph. He's already won. Satan has already bowed his knee. Jesus has already crushed the head of the serpent. It's already happened. The king's dominion is not coming when he comes back. The king's dominion is right here, right now on the earth. That's why the scripture says that the whole world is groaning in travail for the manifestation of the sons of God. Why? Because the kingdom of God is within us. Jesus said when he walked into certain circumstances, situations, the kingdom of God is at hand, which means you can touch it. It's within reach. You can pull it to you. The king's dominion, the government of God, the domination of his kingdom has already been released in the earth. I'm going to get somewhere. It pulls in right here and right now. 
not futuristic. Right here and right now. Now, okay. It goes on to say about dominion, it is the power or right of governing, governing and controlling. It is sovereign authority. No one can buck it. It means rule, control, and domination. It means to command and prevail. To occupy a commanding or elevated position. And right there, it jumps over to Acts chapter 1, verse 3. Jesus showed himself alive at, with many unquestionable evidences, infallible proofs, and many convincing demonstrations. After he was dead, after he was buried, after he was resurrected, after he ascended, he is appearing, showing himself alive. Why? Because for this purpose was the Son of God manifest that he might destroy the works of the wicked one unquestionable evidence, infallible proof, and convincing demonstrations that the king's dominion is alive and well. Okay. Whatever you fear, will dominate you. In Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Another um, translation will say, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Because whatever you fear will dominate you. Well, Tracy, are you telling me I need to be afraid of God? Well, I would absolutely tell you, if you're smart, you would be very afraid of God. It's like when I used to tell my kids, maybe I was just too tired to handle something else with them, and I would say, wait until your daddy comes home. Now, did he love them? Yes. Does he go to work to provide for them? Yes. Would he lay his life down for them? Yes. Are you hearing me? But the, it, regardless of his goodness and his generosity, there's still a side of him that those kids need to fear. Is this all right? That word fear in the Hebrew, it refers to the fear of God and is viewed as a positive quality. Because this fear acknowledges God's good intentions. It is motivated and its delight was even in the Messiah. A reverence. It goes on to say it is produced by God's word and makes um, a person receptive to wisdom and knowledge. But the fear of God is mixed with I know that God is good. The fear of God is mixed with, I know that at his heart core, my, his best intentions for me is, is what he wants. The fear of God is about knowing that he's good, but that he's also God. Are you with me? So whatever I fear will dominate me. There's a kingdom, a king's dominion that cannot be shaken. Right now, the whole earth is being shaken. 
right now, there are Christians, they say they were or are or whatever, that are either backsliding or completely falling away from God. Based on being offended that someone might have prophesied instead of prophesied. Are y'all, I don't know if you've watched Facebook, it's just crazy. Dear God, y'all, when Franklin Graham says, don't mock the President of the United States because he fell going up or down some steps. I don't watch the news, I just caught this, okay? I just read it on Facebook because I follow him. The slander that came from Christians toward Franklin Graham for saying we ought to do what the Bible says we ought to do was absolutely horrendous. I could not believe the remarks and the comments that these Christians were, were making only because the man says we need to bless those that curse us, pray for those that despitefully use us. We need to heap coals of fire of the love of God on their heads. What would happen, dear God, in a split second if Nancy Pelosi got born again and spirit-filled? Shame on you for wanting her to go to hell. Shame on the church. You're under the wrong dominion. You're fearing the wrong thing, and it's dominating your thoughts. We're, we're milquetoast, pennywaste, powerless Christians on the streets because there's a mixture that has diluted the power of God within us. I'm not mad. I'm just passionate. I promise I'm not mad. Job 3, 25. What I have feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. Because whatever you fear will dominate you. Another translation, same scripture. I think it's um, God's word translation. What I fear most overtakes me. What I dread happens to me. Because whatever you fear will dominate you. You can live in the can't be or the can be by what you fear. This is not preached enough, and this is why the church falters. The blood of Jesus is the most powerful force in the universe. The blood of Jesus is the most powerful force in the universe. The word of God the Lord says, I put my word above my name. And then he says, there is no other name in heaven or earth that is higher than the name of Jesus. We are on the winning side, the unshakable kingdom. And we need to get a hold of ourselves and not let the domination of hell and the opinions of the earth shake us off of the foundation. Okay, Hebrews 13, 6. He has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. 
so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do to me. Revelations 14, 6. This is, um, I, can, I can hardly ever go into Revelations because I just, okay, I'm just not that smart. But it's amazing to me the call out from heaven to earth. He says, and I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach upon them that dwell in the earth. And to every nation and kindred and tongue and people. In other words, there's about to be an outpouring, not only of the Holy Ghost, but an arising of um, evangelists from, from the North Pole to the South Pole, from the front to the back of all things in the world. This angel saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him. For the hour of his judgment has come and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of water. But there's a declaration, the smartest thing you can do instead of fearing the world and fearing the bank account and fearing the jobs or not jobs, the smartest thing you can do fear God. Even the angels are crying it out. Fear God. Because whatever you fear will dominate you. Okay. Whatever you fear, you become subject to. The fear of God is the plumb line that makes our lives work or not work. Now, I'm just going to say this. Your pastor's not saying it. I'm going to leave town and he can fix it later. <laughs> but the reason there's been so much erroneous prophetic saying God said when he did not say, is there is a severe lack of the fear of God in his own church. You have to understand, in the book of Acts, those church services, are you with me? If you said, God said, or you lied, this is what it is, lying to the Holy Ghost, people were, were taken out. They dropped dead in the presence of God. The word says, and there was great fear on the inside of the church and the lost people had a respect and a fear of God on the outside of the church. Thank God, y'all, really honestly, honest, honestly, that God's mercy has not released what we think we want. Are, are, are you okay? I'm scared. Not in a bad way. I'm scared, actually, because God is dominating me. Well, Tracy, now you're going to try to squelch the prophetic. No. I got thrown out of a place before COVID. It was wonderful. Lynch mob and everything. This is what they were doing. They were um, trying to conjure a revival. And they were saying 
if you mix oil from this revival, which they said they had, and mix oil from that revival, which they said they had, we're going to mix it together, and we're going to dab it on your head, and we're going to have revival. And then the pastor, who trusts me, looked at me, and I was, y'all, I, I, I could not breathe. In fact, when that guy started, I walked to a dark corner around close to where their hospitality room was, totally hidden, bent over, saying, God, please don't let them call on me. Please don't let them call on me. Because I had just had a dream. I mean, just had a dream of being in the slave market in Charleston, South Carolina. If you've ever been there, it's still there. But now they're selling all these trinkets and, you know, housewares and art and things like that. But I was in the dream in the slave market walking along and, and there were Christian vendors with large piles of spice on each table. It was beautiful. It was in color. There was this beautiful emerald green and these golds and the color paprika. But it wasn't those kinds of spices. And I knew as I walked along and I could hear the vendor saying, if you want to get to the supernatural, this is it. This is it. And the spice was addictive. Are y'all hearing me? This spice would please your flesh. The spice was addictive. This is the way. It was the false way. And as I walked, I, I said to each table, that's not it. That's not how you get access into the supernatural. That is not the access into the unseen realm. You're just making money. You are a charlatan. I was going down each table. And at the very end of the, the slave market, notice it's a slave market. At the very end, I could see above this, this opening, it said the narrow way. And I could see the color of heaven. I could hear the sound of heaven. And as I walked through, now everyone else couldn't get through because they were trying to use their, you know, you got to get so-and-so to prophesy over you. You got you to like run into this downline in order to be in line with God. All this stuff. And as I walked through the doorway, there was a swirling God storm. It was so beautiful. I cannot describe it. It was like being suspended in this iridescent blue outer space, but full of light at the same time. And going in a circle where the saints of God that had gone on before, worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And at the front of this circling like you, could, you could almost see the wind. It was just incredible was the king of kings and the Lord of lords riding on a white horse. And I saw him into the distance and everything in me reached, everything in me reached for him. And as he came by, he pointed his finger at me and said, Tracy, it's nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood. That's the only access. All this hyper-spirituality, all this stars and Christian celebrity cult, nothing but the blood gives you access. And when he went by me, and, and I was reaching 
for him, and I was still left there, I saw the back of Jesus absolutely open. The, and the, the blood was flowing. It was not, it, it, the blood was alive. What I thought was a red robe coming off of his shoulders, draping over his white horse, was the blood of God Almighty. I saw the wounds of God as he passed by me. And this blood was alive. It was a river. It was still accessible. And when he came back again, he said to me, nothing but the blood. And I'm reaching for me, him, and he grabbed me and pulled me up. And I cannot tell you the rest of that dream because it is being fulfilled now. It's very personal. So this clown is trying to mix oil, conjuring. See, oil is a symbol. It's a token, a spiritual token. There's no power in the oil. And people that have feathers and chicken feathers and glitter, hear me. The Holy Spirit is not a bird. And he certainly isn't molting. Nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood. And I got up and told him. And I was accused by very famous people of trying to quench the Holy Spirit. And I said, are you kidding me? God is unstoppable. Unstoppable. Well, you're trying to police the Holy Spirit, and that's going to make all of this stop. I said, sir, I appreciate that that's what you think. I know you actually believe that. I cannot police the Holy Spirit. But we must police what is coming from that pulpit or take a parcel off of your card. Nothing but the blood. Well, Tracy, I'm not spiritual enough. You can tell, neither am I. But my access to the supernatural is by the blood. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood. What is going to bring me into the destiny of God for my life? Because that was part of this dream. I'm not finished. I might have white hair, but I will never be an old woman ever. Ever. What will bring me access in? Not manipulation. It's not who you know or you with me. It's not by political strings. Work with me. It is by the blood of Jesus I'm not, are y'all with me? I'm not going to play the political game. Neither should you. He gives me access to the call of God on my life by the blood. And it is alive. I, it's just an indescribable picture. It's as powerful today as it was the day it was being poured out on a wooden cross. The blood.
not slick ad campaigns. I'm not, I, I don't care what you do. I just can't do it. I can't tell you what to pay me. I can't bring a contract in and say, if you don't do this, this, and this, I'm not. I just can't do it. Why? Because I am not my own. I'm not going to tell God what he will do and won't do with my life. Thank you for your support. To fear God for us is absolutely lovely. But for other people, it is terrifying. That's why in Hebrews, it is called, um, it, it says, chapter 10, verse 31, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And it's not fearful for me. It's, it's what I run to. But for others that don't know him and refuse him, it's a fearful thing. It, it also says that on that day, that judgment day, it calls it the great and terrible day. Depends on whether you live in the can be or can't be. Did, did you hear me? It's a great and terrible day. It'll be terrible for some, but it's going to be great for me. I am going somewhere. Okay. Okay, Tracy. We've been given a kingdom that cannot be shaken. This is where you're going to go. You can't, I can't believe you're going to do this. That was too simple. Okay. And if I want to live in the can't be shaken area, in real life on Monday morning, how do I get there? I am so glad you asked. I cannot stand for someone to come in and preach what we ought to be, you know, but never tell us how to get there. You've got a life. I've got a life. All God's children have a life, right? I mean a real one. We, we have... We have stress and pressure. And, and if, if you're smart, you'll avoid the news. I'm not telling you not to know something. You can glance at it. I would read it before I would listen to it because of the strife and the division. I have unfollowed a lot of people. I haven't unfriended them, but I've unfollowed a lot of people that want to keep a fight in front of us, they, they're pitching against each other. I'm talking Christians. I've unfriended a, that. You, you get slanderous and I'm, I'm going to unfollow you at least. If you get vile, I'm going to unfriend you. Because I'm protecting something here. I'm not ignorant of what's going on. But I am not going to give my full attention and set my eyes on how impossible it looks for the earth to come back upright. Okay? Now, let me just say this. It is bad. But there's not a man down the road building an ark because God's had it. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
And people say, it's never been this bad before on the earth. I promise you, it has been this bad. I promise you that the heart of man got so dark and so blackened that it could not, it was impossible for that heart to be saved. You might say, well, it's impossible for so-and-so in the political scene to get saved. That's because of what's dominating you. You got saved. You must not think you're near the jerk that they are. See, when you think someone can't be reached, it, it is a, the truth is you're not in touch with your own bankruptcy. If you can be saved, Your sin wasn't lighter than their sin. Well, I'm not doing this and that. I'm telling you, you were separated from God. And worse than that, the fact that you want them to be punished rather than set free tells me that you're, you're further away from God than you think you are. So, how do we become the can't be shaken? Matthew 11, verse 29. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and meek and humble, lowly in heart. You will find rest, relief, and ease, and refreshment, and recreation, which I love that word, and, and blessed quietness for your souls. For my yoke is wholesome, useful, good, not harsh, hard, sharp, or pressing, but comfortable, gracious, pleasant, and my burden is light and easy to be borne. If you don't look like that, honestly, if you don't look like this scripture, you're being dominated by something else. That's not a rebuke. It's not. When Jesus says, come to me, and, you're, and, and in your real life, you're pretty dominated by the situation, it is because you have not come to him. Well, Tracy, you're just delusional. No, I am telling you, there really is a peace that passes the understanding. There really is a walk like Jesus walked. I do what I see my father do. I say what I hear my father say. And I go where my father sends me. That is absolutely, completely possible on this planet for the spirit-filled child of God. It is completely possible. When he says, I will cause you to rest, I will ease and relieve and refresh your soul. How do, okay. Then he gives you the answer, take my yoke upon you. And the Greek is wrong. I, please forgive me because I'm not trying to insult. We just didn't know. Because we were taught by people that teach Greek. Okay? Hebraically, the word yoke is an ism. It's, um, oh, please forgive me for not pulling the right word up. But it's, it's like 
the word says when a rich man, can't, a rich man, it's harder for a rich man to get saved. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to get saved. We see a camel trying to fit through eye of a needle. But that is an ism. It's a, it, it's a, it's a slang word. Camel was this big cord, knit rope cord. Are y'all hearing me? It's a piece of string that's extra thick. It was called a camel. And it could go through the eye of a needle, but you're going to have to wet it down and twist it really good and get one little tip of a string to pass through. And once you get that, you can pull it all the way through. You, you, you see what we're... So when he says, take my yoke upon you, people think this is an ox and he's the big ox and he's going to drag this little ox along and then you're going to make it through life. And that's really not a bad picture. However, the word yoke is view. And the, every rabbi had a yoke and that's all they taught. They specialized in a view of God. And their view of God is he's got a baseball bat and he's really fed up all the time and he's just going to smack you in the face. He's, you know, God's disgusted with you. You're never going to measure up. It was their view that became a yoke. You with me? Jesus said, my view of God, which is the only correct view, is that he is meek. And he is low. Meek is not weak. Meek is an 18-hand stallion horse that a four-year-old can lead around on a loose halter. He's powerful. Are, are you, so it's not God doesn't have power. He could step on you, but he doesn't want to step on you. He just loves you. He's meek and he's lowly. It's not hard, harsh, sharp, or pressing. But if you have the wrong view of God, it makes it really hard to come to him. Jesus is pleading that you can come. There's a rest that is so undescribable. And there is a divine energy that is so remarkable that you can run and not be weary. You can walk and not faint. You can run rested. And the church has been on fumes or running empty or has completely run out and is parked on the side of the road. And if we are going to see God use our lives, I, y'all, I don't want to be left out. I don't care if I lead it. I don't. I don't. I just, you understand, I don't have to start it. You know, I don't, I don't believe I'm the, you know, the next big Christian celebrity. Are you with me? I don't, I don't care one bit about that. I just don't want to be left out of what God's going to do. And the way that I can sync up with him is to do this. I'm going to come to him. Because the church is weary. The church is heavy laden. The church is nervous. People are shaken. 
people are getting their tribulation food put together. Are you, are you hearing me? They're, they're wanting to hide in caves, and God wants to make us a city on the hill. And I love that he says that I, I will refresh your soul. I will give you recreation, which is, pulls into vacation. I am the vacation that you've been wanting. And there's nothing wrong with taking a break. We know it's actually scriptural to do it. Nothing wrong with it. But have you ever gone on a vacation and come back so exhausted you needed to rest before you could actually get back to work? Because that vacation didn't meet the need. It wore you out. Are you with me? Are you understanding? But you can actually live with very little breaks in your life and run rested. He restores my soul. There's, it's Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd and my best friend. I shall not want. Why? Because my view of God is the same one Jesus had. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. No one was nicer. No one was more approachable. Come to me. How, how are we going to do it? Whatever it is, come to me. Come to me. And we come to church. Thank you for coming. Really, I mean it. Thank you for coming. You need to come. I need to come. I will tell you that I'm the speaker and rarely do I want to come. I, I'm just letting you know that I am you. I, I'm sitting right next to you in your seat. I have to make myself because my body is saying, listen, you're, you're tired. Just you know, let's take a break. But see, whatever I would do to relieve myself by not coming to church will never give me the kind of rest and energy that getting in his presence will do. Pastor Dan said, how'd you do this year? And of course, I was out of work. No working, no eating. Y'all get me? Completely out of work. It wasn't anybody's fault, but nobody was meeting. I was out of work, and I said to him, I, I really did not know how tired I was. And I, I came home, they shut everything down, and I went to sleep for six months. Literally, I slept 13, 14 hours a night. When I finally did get up, I'd stir around, you know, you know, dishes, a little supper, whatever, trying to, you know, be a wife. And, and by the afternoon, I would sleep another two hours for six solid months. He asked me earlier, too, about, um, are you tired from the weekend? And I said, you know, there's this divine energy. See, what, how did I go 30, 40 years doing 48 weekends out of the year, speaking at least four, but sometimes six or eight times in a weekend for 40 years, 48 weekends out of the year. It wasn't because I'm superwoman, okay? It is because there is a rest for the people of God. There is, there is a place that you can tuck yourself into and what you can't do in the natural, he begins to energize and cause you to be able to do. And there's nothing wrong with sleeping. There's nothing wrong with vacation. I, I don't want you to think that. But if you think 
that getting away or taking a break from God is going to give you what you need to navigate this planet, you are so wrong. You're just completely wrong. Anyway. So, when, okay. So, let's go back to it. Jesus said, come to me. Come to me. I'm the access. I'm the door. There's no such thing as real rest unless you come to me. I'm the only access in. Come to me. Now, I'm, some people don't like this. They think I'm not dignified. But to be dignified means to be self-possessed. And you're going to be possessed with something. You're going to be possessed of yourself. You're going to be possessed of the devil. Or you can be possessed of God. And dignity is not a fruit of the Spirit. So I'm just going to tell you what my life's like. Um, I'm not a morning person. Which means that's too bad, Tracy. Because i got to get up like you. So I am extraordinarily groggy, but when I open my eyes, I make myself look to him. I'm automatically going to say, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Now, thank you for your presence. Now, do I feel it? Sometimes, sometimes not. And as I'm doing that, I am walking toward the coffee pot, which is legal. He walks with me. I, I would tell you that he might have his arm around me and say, come on, let's go get you a cup of coffee, girl, okay? Because you, your brain's not awake. And I will sit in quiet I normally cannot read in the morning. I'm too sleepy. But suddenly, since this, I can't explain it, this expectation, this, since this has started, I wake up a whole lot more awake and I'm reaching for stuff to read about him. Prompted by the Holy Ghost. Does that make sense? But I will put my mind and my eyes on the lover of my soul. It's amazing to me how many Christians wake up and they don't even think about God all day long. It says, don't lean to your own understanding. He will direct your path. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. So I, I'm coming to you, Jesus. I'm coming to you. You said, come to me. And there would be, see, you think rest is about laying out. To me, rest is about having an energy that only very young people have. Now, the, 
you, you think that the, I'm bringing you to the, to the destination of rest. Do this and you will get rest. He is the rest. He is the rest. So when you come to him, you get him. He is Lord of the Sabbath. He is the rest, okay? Um, okay. This has been said to me over the whole year, and I did go out some. There were little pockets of people. I also went online overseas a lot to do meetings for people, and there. Their main thing was, you know, um, for years I've heard, Tracy, you don't understand. I don't have time for God. I don't have any time for God. I don't have a lot of time for God. You know, I'm not like you. I'm not in ministry. You don't have a real job. <laughs> Walk a mile in my shoe. Um, so I don't have time for God. But yet, when everything shut down, they're just as burdened. They're just more worried, full of fear. Anxiety that's just been crazy. And the truth is, shut down or wide open is not a, that's not the problem. The problem is, you've got to come. No one can come for you. And what people have done for decades now, and I'm not rebuking prayer lines, I'm not, I promise I'm not. But for decades, we have come to a prayer line but never come to him. We've come to people that have come to him. Are you with me? And then when we come to a prayer line, we expect this lotto prayer line anointing to come. Like I, I put my offering in, so now I want a million dollars worth of God, and I want you to fix this. And then they say that you're not anointed anymore. And that the, the are you with me? That the, the teachings aren't enough anymore. The problem is no one can come for you. Come to me, and I will give you rest, okay? Mark 6.30. Let me give you Exodus 33 first, verse 14. And God said, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest rest well Tracy we're you're talking about resting and then but we're talking about being the super Christian because that's what the domination the domination we 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 want fireworks and the star-spangled banner being played we that's we want the you know cloud of smoke and the high O silver we we want you know that I'm telling you that why you're fighting this it's because when you come to him, <laughs> it's the truth about yourself that you are the most afraid of. Let's just say I owed someone a lot of money, and I don't have it. And, and you see them coming way down the road. They don't see you. You're going to avoid them. The reason you avoid God 
is because it's the truth about yourself that you're the most afraid of. That's why Jesus made sure that you understood that he's meek and lowly. He's got a tenderness about him. He knows you're tired. He knows you can't pay. He knows that it's never, you're never going to be able to pay. So he's released you from the debt you owe, and he just wants you to come. You don't know what I am. You don't know where I've been. You don't know. It doesn't matter. You can't out the sacrifice of Christ. Okay. So, let me read it again. Exodus 33, 14. And God said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. The quality of his presence will determine your rest. My indicator of coming out of the rest of God is my, how easy it is to irritate me, offend me, lose my peace. I get around people that are very, very successful in what we call Christianity or the Christian industry. There's not one ounce of peace. Their kids hate them. Don't get mad at me. Their, their, their marriage is basically on the rocks. The only reason they're together is because of the way this is going to look. Are y'all with me? They're living under the grind of life. They're having to make a living. There's no peace at all in their life because they do not come. Because... Because I know pastors that for the last 20 years have not even enjoyed their own salvation. That's because they don't come. They work. What I do for him will never replace me coming to him. I mean, when's the last time you saw happy Christians? Well, you should have been in our meetings this weekend because it was a party. I walked into one room and someone says, well, you know, they're a little British. How are you doing, Tracy? And they expect me to say blessed and highly favored. And, blah, blah, blah. and I just said, I, I'm, I'm just so happy. Well, you're supposed to say blessed and highly favored. No, I'm, I am that. But happy is the people whose God is the Lord. Happy is that people. It is so attractive to lost people when people laugh. I've sat in a restaurant with two other people. One of them is actually doing her meeting in, for Canada at Pastor Mac's house. The other one is one of the head prophets over all things Vineyard Church. We're in a restaurant enjoying God so much. We are laughing so loud. We don't know it. And it's one of these posh, you know, restaurants where they give you little servings of food and all that. Um, but 
I mean, everyone's finally gone, not that we ran them out, but we, we lost touch with time. We lost touch with our surroundings. And finally, the owner came over and got on his knees at the table and said, I just want you to know that it has been so long since I've heard people laugh the way you're laughing. What is, what is going on? Y'all, this is evangelism made easy. It is, you know, the Shulamite girl saying to the chosen bride, can we go see him with you? Something on you has made me attracted to whatever is controlling your life. Something's dominating you that has not been dominating me. I've seen this happen so many times, especially with James, my husband. We'll, we'll be in a restaurant, tons of people at a table for conferences. And somewhere in there, this, this magnet, this God magnet, unseen to the natural world. It's not about being preachy. It's just this God magnet, this, this happy place, this, this place of rest focused on the Lord the, the waiter got on his knees and cried on his arm, no preaching, and said, I don't know what is on you. I don't understand what's happening. And James, and I'm preaching that night, James says, it's okay. What you need to do is get off work tonight and come hear my wife preach, and she'll introduce you to the person that's pulled you to your knees. He says, I can't do it. I got to work. My boss won't let me off. He said, send your manager to me. He said, no, I'll lose my job. I can't do it. He said, just trust me. Send your manager to me. The manager comes out. And before he can get to the table, Pastor, he buckles at the knees and walks the rest of the way on his knees to the arm. He just the arm right there. And says, I don't know what's on you. He begins to cry. But I thought my waiter was a little nuts when he came to get me. And he said, I don't know what's on you, but all I know is whatever it is, it's what I'm looking for. And James said, well, you need to get off work tonight. You need to let him off work. Come on to the meeting, and we're going to introduce you to the person that is pulling you to your knees. Now, this is normal in past revivals. It's normal. In past, you understand it's the throne zone of God. It's about his dominion over our lives. And all we've got to do is come. I, and I get the busy thing. That's why I love the scripture I'm going to read to you. Are you bored? Okay, I, I, I'm trying not to keep you too long, but Mark 6 verse 30. The apostles came back and gathered together to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, as far as you, come away by yourselves to a desert place and rest a while. For many were continually coming and going, and they had not even leisure enough to eat. Now, this is when they are sent out for a test run that Jesus physically does not have to look like he's there for them to operate in the authority and the power of his name. Remember this? And, and they said, even devils are subject to your name. Remember this? And Jesus sings, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember that? He just, he's, he's ecstatic. He said, but really, all that's peripheral, but the fact that you know God is the thing 
That's going to happen when you, when you understand your book, your name is written in the book of life. Okay, so he's, he's zeroed in. So they're tired. You're tired. I'm tired. There's no let up. There's no break. But the problem is with this story is the people on the shore, I don't know how long it took. This, this is where scholars come in. I don't know how long it took, but Jesus said, get in the boat with me. And we'll go to the other side. Well, the people, and knowing, you'll find, he says, knowing all the while, Jesus knows in advance. The, that crowd runs all the way around the lake and meets them on the other side. And they step out of that boat and start ministering all over again. And the thing that Jesus said is, listen, you need a break. You need a break. Are you, hear me? Let's, let's go away together. Let's get a break. Well, I don't see a break. And after that, I don't see a break. So how could they do it? How could they step out of that boat after hours and hours on end of ministry and, and be refreshed and still minister to some more? The key is that they got in the boat with Jesus. That's the golden key. And all day long, every day, you're going to have these pockets of time where you can get in the boat. I don't know whether it was a 20-minute ride. I don't know if it was an hour ride. But when I get in my car, I get into the boat with Jesus. It happens to be my personal sanctuary. But at the job, sometimes you might be doing mindless things that don't require, you know, a better, like not a brain surgeon. Don't do this. If you're a brain surgeon, don't get in the boat with Jesus right now. Okay, you with me? But there's these pockets of time that you come to him. Ten minutes, five minutes. Are you with me? These pockets of God that are provided throughout the day. But because, okay, we are overcharged, overworried, or we're not waking up in the morning saying, Lord, interrupt me. Inter are y'all with me? I give you permission. I'm acknowledging you in all of my ways. He will even direct your steps into pockets of time with him. It doesn't take, listen, I heard one singer say that 30 seconds in his presence will, will heal 30 years of pain off of your life because there's something so divine about him. I remember the night I got saved. I, I groped in darkness, worshipped the devil, drug addict, alcoholic, was exposed to such horrific sexual perversion as a child. I was beaten black and blue. I have lesions on my brain from the beatings that I've taken. And, and it looked like nothing would ever change. And in a split second of time, I come out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his, his dear son, into the kingdom of light. My life was changed in a split second. And so can yours be again. And I did come, I will tell you. I said to the Lord under my breath, I don't know if you take people like me. Because I didn't know what I didn't know. But if you do, and I was already being threatened with my life by this coven of witches that I was involved with about this Christianity. Okay, 
If you take people with like me, it would be worth my life if I could just come to you. I am so changed. I am ruined by the love of God. That's not the only time you come. There's this daily hiding place. And I can run to the bottle and I can run back to drugs or I can run to the shelter of the Most High God. I found that in the shelter of the Most High God, I was still tempted as a young person. Everyone's offering me free pot now instead of having to pay for it. And I wanted it because stress happens, life happens, and it's the pattern in my soul. It wasn't a devil. It was me with an unrenewed mind. I just did low, little shallow word level. I didn't know what I didn't know. And I, I came to the Lord and said, what do I do? How do I do this? And he said, you rehearse your answer in advance. What's the question? Tracy, you want some pot today is the question. So he said, this is your answer. Say, no, thank you. I choose Jesus today. How, how, Lord, Lord, how do we do what you did? Give us another commandment. I'll give you the commandment of all commandments. Come to me and love the Lord with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your strength. Give yourself to me. Come to me. And you'll fulfill the entire law. You will fulfill your call and destiny. You'll be a force to be reckoned with in everyday life wherever you go. And when other people are pulling their hair out, other people are losing their mind. You'll be a still, green pastures, still waters. Let me let you go. He's the unending vacation. You ever gone off? I, I love Hawaii. I've only been there a couple of times, maybe three. And, I, and I, I remember first time I went there, I said, God, I never want to leave here. This is paradise. I mean, what would it be like to live here? Now, I live in a cornfield in a one-mule town. No one wants to move there. They're forced by the Air Force to come, and some jobs will shift people in. But as soon as they can, it's not their chosen place. But I am telling you, I am on vacation. I am telling you, it is green pastures and still waters. Hawaii cannot compare to where I'm at because it has nothing to do with Sumter, South Carolina. It has nothing to do with what we don't have or do have. It has nothing to do with 
posh restaurants or, or the Burger King. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do that he walks with me and talks with me. He tells me I am his own. The, word, the song goes on to say, and the joy we share while I tarry there, none other has ever known. I cannot even pull my own husband into this kind of rest that I personally have in God. It's between him and me. It's 75 and sunny every single day of my life. It's the atmosphere of heaven every day of my life because I'm coming to him. Well, Tracy, you must not have any problems. I, I promise you, it, it would stagger you. I, I, I can't even, I, I won't even go there. But the fact that you want to compare it to excuse it is, is a bad sign. Nehemiah. You know the scripture, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Well, what's happened there is um, someone read the word of God. And when this priest read it, the people realized that they didn't measure up. It was a, like a bad, good church service gone bad. And instead of them leaving church feeling better, while the preaching is happening, they're just feeling worse and worse and worse till they break out and start crying. So when you see the words, the joy of the Lord is your strength, prior to that, it says, do not mourn and do not weep. This is a day of rejoicing. Eat the fat and drink the sweet. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And then he says it again. Don't cry over what you've done, hadn't done, what you are, what you are not. All the time you could have spent with God and you didn't. And this is why you are where you are. Don't cry anymore over that. Get a big hunk of fat, which is the anointing. And drink the goodness of God into your life. And you will be re-strengthened. And it goes on to say in there, and to someone else, that has not, go carry it straight to them, the goodness of God, the anointing of God. I know you've seen the post book, the Facebook post of no matter how many steps you've walked away from God, it only takes one step to return. This is your step. Well, I'm not away from God. Well, have you been coming is what I'm really saying. Have you been coming? Because whatever dominates you, you are subject to. You know, when Paul was in prison, he was not in prison. He was in prison, but he was not of prison. When he writes the words, rejoice, in the Lord always, and then do it again. I mean, he's, he's in prison. What people don't know is he has a dead cellmate tied to his back because they're trying to get the, 
the dead, rotted body to infect the pores of Paul. They're trying to kill Paul by tying a dead carcass to his back. And that's when he's writing, <laughs> rejoice in the Lord always. Why? Because the circumstances have nothing to do with your connection with God. He was in prison, but not of prison. The word says to be in this world, but not of this world. We are ambassadors sent from another nation into what would look like the worst place probably would be India or Haiti. But even though we are there, we are not of there. We are not subject to their meat, their produce, or their sicknesses. We have all we have to do as an ambassador is call on our government that sent us in there and everything our government has is supplied to us to make sure we're going to be fine. Come to me. Come to me. Come to me. He's so nice. He's so nice. Don't you wonder why Pastor Dan is... Dancing around on the floor holding an umbrella. You know what's happened to him? He's just coming. He just, he's just been coming. He's Lord of the dance, by the way. Not him. We know that. Okay. But I, listen, it's, it's admir admirable. But I was aware, Pastor, when you started dancing, of people going, oh. What are you doing? Why are you going to unreal? And, and you're thinking, he's been drinking. <laughs> he has. This, he's drunk, but not as you suppose. Because this <laughs> cannot be compared to the cheap substitute. That the world offers. You don't have to wait for church. <laughs> you can just come. So Father I just thank you for every precious life. Lord I thank you that you dominate. You dominate every circumstance. Every situation. Every condition. No matter what we've been discouraged over. What we've been actually concerned. Justifiably so. Concerned over Lord what we have to deal with on a daily basis, how we just longed, Lord, to see something happen that didn't happen. We just shake the dust of disappointment off of our lives right now. And, Lord, you told us that there's a rest for the weary. You told us there's a peace that passes the understanding of this world. And we thank you for it right now. We thank you that you, we can come. And, God, I pray for a thirst for God to be revived in this place. Not normal church and the same old, same old, but a true, authentic thirst for Jesus like never before. Like you drew the lost guy to his knees in that restaurant. Like you drew the manager to his knees. By the way, they both got saved and spirit-filled that night. You drew them. Lord, your word says if we would come to you, you would come to us.
Now break the power of trauma and drama. Some people, someone has really had trauma. An unexpected collision with an event. What, what that event is, I can't see. But I'm telling you, the power of trauma is breaking off your life. And then a lot of you have had to deal with drama. It's not necessarily yours either. It's, my Lord, as the world turns, it's a soap opera of drama, unending, and it's worn you out. Lord, I break the power of drama off of every life. The noise that's been created by this drama in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. I know you just paid this off. I get it. I know. But, Pastor, I see a brand new sanctuary. I, I see a brand new sanctuary. It's not a gymnasium. It's, a, it's an auditorium. It's, it's a, a brand new sanctuary. And it's going to go up <laughs> so fast. This, this place will be packed the young are going to come. And the old are going to rejoice. I break the, um, there's a phraseology, has been. The, that, that church is a has been. That's the, this um, mockery of you're, you're a has been. I break the has been. You are the what is. You are the right here and the right, you are the what is of God. I break the power of has-been and mockery. I break it now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can I pray for the worship leaders? If you're, yeah. And anyone that's on the team, yes, please come. Where's the other little child? The girl with the dress. The long, dark. I don't know if you know, uh, maybe you do because you've been working at this, but you are in sync. And there's been, I can see you, it's like pulling someone through a knothole backwards with this congregation. It's been a tough row to hoe, okay? But you are through it now. And I, I'm telling you, you are in sync and, and the sound is going to increase. The depth is going to increase. Because to be a supernatural church, you have to bring him into real worship. Not a song set. Not a worship set. He's not going to stop you. Okay? He's actually the head worship leader. And I, I know you know that. He's not going to stop it. And no matter what any other church does on two fast songs, three slow songs, shamalim, ding dong, three points, no matter what they do, the ushering in of the glory of God. I can feel this so strong. It's, it's like I'm having to kind of back up from you. The ushering in of the glory of God. And with it, the magnet of God within you is going to draw other musicians in. I, I see a worship school. I see, and it's not about being 
officially taught, but it's about helping other people that lead worship come all the way in. And Father, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you for this, uh, the in sync, absolutely freedom. God, oh, y'all get her now. I'm sorry, I'll hold, I'll hold her up. Thank you, Lord, that it begins, it has begun. It begins, it has begun. In Jesus' name, the loosing of every gift, the acceleration, the acceleration of every gift of God. Every gift of God. I know you like the background, but the Lord is pulling you forward. I know you've heard words from him, and you've said, Lord, give it to someone else. But the Lord says, I will not give it to anyone else. I have lit the candle within you. So prophesy. Prophesy. Thank you, Lord, for the great, great, great grace of God. This will turn into outreach and evangelism. Outreach and evangelism. Outreach and evangelism. Thank you, Lord. I see parks and malls. I see auditoriums. I see street corners. Just the worship of the Almighty calling in those that are hungry. My goodness. My goodness. You don't preach. You don't teach. You prophesy and raise the dead. I see um, a loaded gun within you, and the Lord is pulling back the hammer of a trigger. Cock both barrels and let her blow. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father, for great, great grace upon him now. Great grace. The multiplication, because you, you, you could have hidden it. You could have buried it. My God. People don't come through what you come through and then turn around and do it. Give it back to God and do it anyway. You could have buried it, but because you did not bury it. I see the Lord with a rake in his hand, and he's raking in other people's talents that have thrown it away. And what you couldn't do before, you're now going to do a multiplication of the Holy Ghost upon you in this. This talent will be multiplied. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For the technology, 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 knowledge of the tech, technology. No apologies. My goodness. The technician, the anointing of the technician in Jesus' name. You can fix what others can't fix. You can hear what others can't hear. You can fix it like a chess player, like a problem solver. My goodness. It'll look like it can't work, and you'll touch it, and it will. Am I okay, Pastor? I, am I okay with, are you, where, I don't know where he is. Am I okay, as long as you're okay with me doing, doing what I'm doing, thank you, Lord. 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 Belt it out. Belt it out. Let the singer sing. Belt it out. My goodness. A restoration of a strong voice. 
like a lion. Boldness. The songs of deliverance. My goodness. The songs of deliverance. Oh, I thank you, Lord. I thank you. 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 The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. You've drank the wine and it was the rich people wine, but I'm telling you, you're going to taste something from heaven. You're going to taste something from heaven. No comparison. No comparison. Huh. No cheap substitute will ever compare. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Like they gathered around you to drink before, now they will gather around you to drink the Lord. Have mercy. Have mercy. I mean, you, uh, you were the favorite. Have mercy. The favor of God for evangelism. The favor of God. Pour him out. Pour him. Pour him out. Jesus. Jesus, my goodness, that's so clear. That's weird. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. You've seen them come and you've seen them go, but you're still here. You are a pillar in the house of God. A pillar of peace. A pillar of peace in the house of God. Lord, I just release the drawing, the uh, I, I, I call for an increase of the magnet of God within. Like you gathered people before again and brought them in the door, you're going to gather them again. You are a gatherer. And listen, don't hold back on the laughter. Don't, don't hold back on the laughter because it's part of that magnet in you. You just make people happy. And they can come in heavy but they'll leave happy. I thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Just release, release. Release, release. I declare everything is behind her now. Everything. I see a closed door. It's a shut door. It's never going to be unlocked again. It's never going to be revisited again. And I see you stepping over the threshold of the new day. The new day. And you're going to have the sense, and this is going to last all summer, that every single day you wake up, it is Easter Sunday morning. It is resurrection day. Resurrection day. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. There is among the musicians an anointing of evangelism. My God, you cannot stand to see someone hurt. You can't stand to see a dog on the side of the road hurt. You, you ache and long for healing and you're going to be used in healing like never before. And I know you've prayed and you've seen breakthrough, but you're about to see the mountains melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. Sin, sickness, disease is going to melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. Sharpen your sword. Load your gun. You're about to release the power of God in the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Father, I thank you for the examples that are set before him. 
you've got favorites that are on, they're dead and gone, but they're favorites of yours that are like friends to you. And, and you're going to see the pattern that they operated in coming upon you. And Father, I just thank you for an evangelist. I thank you for the streetiness that he already walks in, and it will work in this day. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Don't fish in the bathtub. Get out of the walls. Now, people will use you inside of here, but you need to decline and get out of the walls. Let them raise somebody else up. You've done it long enough. I am telling you, there's a, I, I can't explain this. It, it's like a, a team of worshiping evangelists. I, I, I hope I'm okay. I, I, and you'll have more than one. You're good. It's teams. It's teams. It's teams. Are y'all okay with me? Are, did did y'all come up to catch or did y'all come up to catch? <laughs> so did I hit everyone on the worship team? I didn't mean to hit you either. I, I really didn't mean to hit you. So, okay. Is that good? Is that good? Judah led them. Judah led them. What you're experiencing is what I just preached. You have come. And if you have come, you can get them to come. Is that? Am I all right, Pastor? And how far back does this property go? Is it there or here? Or here. The, the landmass. Does it go? Goes. Because I saw the first phase built and then you flipped it over because you didn't have enough room. Does that make sense? It's like a, um, a building and then you flipped it over like that. You dreamed it? Does, um, can, I, can I pray for the rest of you? If that's all right, would you just... Does anyone need prayer? Okay. I know you're, you're so, and I get it. Uh, congregations take on the personality of their pastor. So you're, you're gentle people. Every dis-ease, every disorder, every dysfunction comes off of your life. All the discouragement and the depression, there's a pressure. I break the power of the pressure off of your life. The straitjacket of depression, I pull off of your life in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Is there anyone else that's been under depression? Take it. Just, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to throw you on the floor. I, <laughs> Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. It breaks, it breaks in Jesus' name. Even the chemistry shifts and changes in the brain. In Jesus' name. Safe and sound. I release the safety of God and the soundness of mind. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I know I hit this guy and I know I hit her. Because that was, you really pulled me to that. 
This is the last day of torment. It's the last day of torment in Jesus' name. You've been saying, Lord, what do I do? What do I do? Just come. That's all. So simple. Just come. Just come. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's um, the season of success. <laughs> oh, the season of success has just begun. The season of increase and financial success has just begun. The season of is anyone under uh, debt, under stress, out of a job, under, under it? Under. Thank you, Lord. Now you're over. And nowhere near the effort that you've had to expend. It's like you, you have to give every ounce for very little return. And I declare in Jesus' name, success, promotion, freedom to be generous. That's all you want. It's God, I just, you just want it to give it. I'm telling you, you, you dream of giving. And I declare success and no more stress. Stress-free, stress-free. It's not that you're not going to work, but it, there's a work and then there's a grind. And I break the grind of life off of your precious life in Jesus' name. Now, I, I promise you can take that. If you're thinking, oh, that's, yeah. Okay, I promise that's not just such an individual thing. You can just reach your hand up in the atmosphere that we're in right now, and you can just take it. You can just, his yoke is easy. His burden is light. Before God, I'm telling you, my husband's going into 70-something years old. He gets up at 4.30 or 5 every day, works until 7 o'clock at night, and he's like a child. It's like he is on vacation. Every single day. It's, he's not under the grind of life. Are y'all hearing me? He, it, it is the most amazing thing to see. And we've never been more successful. When we should have, especially because I'm not working, you think, dear Lord, how are you going to do that? Are y'all, okay? Do you understand no working, no eating? Okay. And, and, and I, I go home and go to sleep. And God pours, pours financial blessing on him. He's like Jacob with the, the sticks and the goats and the spotted goats. and the, he, He's like Joseph. It's just amazing to see. And I believe there's an acceleration on the pure hearted. I, I believe that those that have already solved the money problem and whether how much God gets and what he doesn't, I believe you're going to see that this is not just an individual thing, but the goodness of God is going to be poured out so that we can be generous and give to every good work that the Holy Ghost inspires us to give to. 
I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Father, I just pray for everyone that ails, that has an ailment. Every, every person that their bones ache when they get up in the morning. Lord, your word says that our youth is renewed like the eagles. And Lord, we just defy, even those of us that have had COVID, we defy the after effects. We defy the side effects. We defy it in Jesus' name. We defy it. And every single person that feels old, we defy it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Amen. Am I okay? Amen. Here, you. Okay. Very much on. Very good.